Father in heaven, we thank you for the reading of your word, July 24th. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for the nation and country that serve you, Lord, and, and call upon your name. I thank you for all the righteous people, Lord, that are all over the world that are crying out to you, Lord God, for mercy, Lord, and uh, favor, Lord, on our nations. Keep our economy strong, Lord Thank God, you, that Lord. the children and the widows may eat and help the poor Amen. and the homeless and the hungry, Lord, you, Lord, and those that are hurting and persecuted for their faith, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we ask you to, to be with us, Lord, your presence as we have this Bible study of your word today in the name of your Son, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. So be it. Amen. You bet. Okay, July 24th, and we have the reading. Oh, I got a pen already in here, baby. Okay. You want to start reading? Sure. We have to see it. Sure. Okay, Second um, Chronicles 11, 1, please. We're going to go from 11, 1 to 13, 22 today. When Rehoboam arrived at Jerusalem... He mobilized the men of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 select troops to fight against Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But the Lord said to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the Israelites in Judah and Benjamin, This is what the Lord says, Do not fight against your relatives. Go back home. For what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and did not fight against Jeroboam. Rehoboam remained in Jerusalem and fortified various towns for the defense of Judah. He built up Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Bethzer, Soko, Adulam, Gath, Marisha, Zip, Adorim, Lachish, Azika, Zorah, Ajilan, and Hebron. These became the fortified towns of Judah and Benjamin. Rehoboam strengthened their defenses and stationed commanders in them, and he stored up supplies of food, olive oil, and wine. He also put shields and spears in these towns as a further safety measure. So only Judah and Benjamin remained under his control. But all the priests and Levites living among the northern tribes of Israel sided with Rehoboam. The Levites even abandoned their pasture lands and property and moved to Judah and Jerusalem. Because Jeroboam and his sons would not allow them to serve the Lord as priests. Wow. Jeroboam appointed his own priests to serve at the pagan shrines where they worshipped the goat and calf idols he had made. From all the tribes of Israel, those who sincerely wanted to worship the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem, where they could offer sacrifices to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. This strengthened the kingdom of Judah. And for three years they supported Rehoboam, son of Solomon, for during those years they faithfully followed in the footsteps of David and Solomon. Rehoboam married his cousin, Ma'alath, the daughter of David's son Jerimoth, and Abihel, the daughter of Elihab's son of Jesse. Ma'alath had three sons, Jeush, Shemariah, 
and Zaam. Later, Rehoboam married another cousin, Makah, the daughter of Absalom. Makah gave birth to Abijah, Atai, Ziza, and Shilometh. Rehoboam lived or loved Makah more than any of his other wives and concubines. In all, he had 18 wives and 60 concubines, and they gave birth to 28 sons and 60 daughters. Rehoboam appointed Makah's son Abijah as leader among the princes, making it clear that he would be the next king. Rehoboam also wisely gave responsibilities to his other sons and stationed some of them in the fortified towns throughout the land of Judah and Benjamin. He provided them with generous provisions and he found many wives for them. But when Rehoboam was firmly established and strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord. And all of Israel followed him in this sin. Because they were unfaithful to the Lord, King Shishka Shishka, of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign. He came with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horses, and a countless army of foot soldiers, including Libyans, Sakites, and Ethiopians. Shishak conquered Judah's fortified towns and then advanced to attack Jerusalem. The, the prophet Shemaiah then met with Rehoboam and Judah's leaders who had all fled to Jerusalem because of Shishak. Shemaiah told them, This is what the Lord says, You have abandoned me, so I am abandoning you to Shishak. Then the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is right in doing this to us. When the Lord saw their change of heart, he gave this message to Shemaiah. Since the people have humbled themselves, I will not completely destroy them and will soon give them some relief. I will not use Shishak to pour out my anger on Jerusalem, but they will become his subjects so they will know the difference between serving me and serving earthly rulers. So King Shishak of Egypt came up and attacked Jerusalem. He ransacked the treasuries of the Lord's temple and the royal palace. He stole everything, including all the gold shields Solomon had made. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields as substitutes, and he entrusted them to the care of the commanders of the guard who protected the entrance of the, to the royal palace. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the guards would also take the shields and then return them to the guard room. Because Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger was turned away. And he did not destroy him completely. There were, there were still some good things in the land of Judah. King Rehoboam firmly established him in Jerusalem and continued to rule. He was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city the Lord had chosen from among all the tribes of Israel, as a place of honor his name. As a place, as a place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Nama, a woman from Ammon, but he was an evil king, for he did not seek the Lord with all his heart. The rest of the events of Rehoboam's reign from the beginning to end are recorded in the record of Shemaiah the prophet and the record of Ido the seer, which are part of the genealogical record. Rehoboam and Jeroboam were continually at war with each other. When Rehoboam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Abijah became the next king. Abijah began to rule over Judah in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Makah, the daughter of 
Uriel from Gibeah. Then war broke out between Abijah and Jeroboam. Judah, led by King Abijah, fielded 400,000 select warriors, while Jeroboam mustered 800,000 select troops from Israel. When the army of Judah arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, Abijah stood on the Mount Zemaram, Zemarim and shouted to Jeroboam and all Israel, Listen to me, don't you realize that the Lord, the God of Israel, made a lasting covenant with David, giving him and his descendants the throne of Israel forever? Yet Jeroboam, son of Nebat, a mere servant of David's son Solomon, rebelled against his master. Then a whole gang of scoundrels joined him, defying Solomon's son Rehoboam, when he was young and inexperienced and could not stand up to them. Do you really think you can stand against the kingdom of the Lord that is led by the descendants of David? You may have a vast army, and you may have those gold calves that Jeroboam made as your gods. But you've chased away the priests of the Lord, the descendants of Aaron, and the Levites, and you have appointed your own priests just like the pagan nations. You let anyone become a priest these days. Whoever comes to be dedicated with a young bull and seven rams can be, become a priest of these so-called goat gods of yours. But as for us, the Lord is our God. And we have not abandoned him. Only the descendants of Aaron serve the Lord as priests. And the Levites alone may help them in their work. They present burnt offerings and fragrant incense to the Lord every morning and evening. They place the bread of the presence on the holy table. And they light the gold lampstand every, every evening. We are following the instructions of the Lord our God. But... You have abandoned him, so you see God is with us. He's our leader. His priests blow their trumpets and lead us into battle against you. O people of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. Amen to that, Lord. Meanwhile, Jeroboam had secretly sent part of his army around behind the men of Judah to ambush them. When Judah realized that they were being attacked from the front of the rear, they cried out to the Lord for help. Then the priest blew the trumpets, and the men of Judah began to shout. At the sound of the battle cry, God defeated Jer Jeroboam and all Israel, and routed them before Abijah and the army of Judah. The Israelite army fled from Judah, and God handed them over to Judah in defeat. Abijah and his army inflicted heavy losses on them. 500,000 of Israel's select troops were killed that day. So Judah defeated Israel on the occasion, on that occasion because they trusted in the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Abijah and his army pursued Jeroboam's troops and captured some of his towns, including Bethel, Jeshanah, and Ephraim, along with their surrounding villages. So Jeroboam of Israel never regained his power during Abijah's lifetime. And finally the Lord struck him down and he died. Meanwhile, Abijah of Judah grew more and more powerful. He married 14 wives, had 22 sons and 16 daughters. The rest of the events of Abijah's reign, including the words and deeds, are recorded in the commentary of Idu the prophet. Amen. That is amazing. Mm. 
That is amazing. I like the way they cried out to the Lord God, mm -hmm. and because they served the Lord God, God helped them defeat the mm -hmm. enemy that mm -hmm. was uh, twice as big as them. Mm. Overwhelming odds. But they knew their God. Mm -hmm. they, they knew... Well, it's amazing. 500 people died that day. 500 uh, of Israel's select troops died that day. One day. Half a million. Mm-hmm. You know, the Spirit of the Lord came upon that army to mm -hmm. defend itself. <sighs> they cried out to the Lord for help. And the priests blew the trumpets, and the men of Judah began to shout at the sound of their battle cry. At the, listen to it. At the sound of their battle cry, God defeated Jeroboam and all Israel and routed them before Abijah and the army of Judah. So the Lord came down at the sound of their, it's kind of like a prayer. My mom used to say that in that prayer, as it goes up, God, the answer comes right back down. So at the sound of the battle cry, the answer came back down. God was able to mm, ride amen. upon that noise. Mm -hmm. Upon that noise of the cry is our, mm. is our connection. You know, and this is one thing I, li I like when it says uh, over here in number 12. It says, uh, so you see, God is with us. He's our leader. His priests blow the trumpets and lead us into battle against you, O people of Israel. Do not fight against the Lord, the God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. Amen. That's what we can use that same thing. The enemy has no dominion over us. They will not succeed no matter what we see in the natural. We can say that the Lord our God is fighting for us and no one, no one can succeed against the Lord God. No one. But because they trusted in the Lord, as you said, that's how they got it. I understand that the guy was prospering. Mm -hmm. The first three years, everyone went to Israel, and they started worshiping and burning. And all of a sudden, after three years, when everything was going right, he turned on God and put back the goats and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they prospered under his reign, and then all of a sudden, everything turned to pot. And it's the same thing in Alcoholic Anonymous. A person comes in, <clears throat> they get everything back, they get prosperous, and some of them even mm. die out there. Mm. They don't come back. Because, <clears throat> you know, prosperity pulls them away. Mm. So when we get prosperous, we have to use our resources mm. to continue to do God's work. <clears throat> humble ourselves and, and say, mm -hmm. hey, we need, we need to get into the Word of God. We got 24 hours a day he's given yeah. us. Yeah. Surely we can give him two and a half hours. Amen. 10%. Two Amen. hours and 40 minutes of our time. Yes. <clears throat> Amen. Uh, you know, you said something very key, humbling ourselves. In the beginning of the chapter, it says, Then the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, The Lord is right in doing this to us. Mm. So they acknowledged that, you know, it was the Lord was doing the right, what had happened. Um, but he said, when the Lord saw their change of heart, okay, when the Lord sees the change of heart, he gave this message to Shemaiah. Since the people have humbled themselves, I will not completely destroy them and will soon give them some relief. Okay? <laughs> Pride gets in the way of us becoming humble. You know, we think we can do it on our own strength. I can, I can conquer this myself. But when we realize that we're not... You know, that the Lord is in charge of all things. And when we give him his due sovereignty, when we give him his exaltation, when we thank him and praise him and say, Lord, I can't, but you can. And we humble ourselves. He brings the relief. 
Amen. Um, every <clears throat> on a twenty-four hour basis, you know, even when we get up, we got to humble ourselves Amen. and seek the Lord while He may be found. Amen. And in in that part, you know, we we set up the day of understanding, as we mm. read in Proverbs nine today. Mm. That when we call upon the Lord, He gives us a road, and it's called Understanding Boulevard. And Understanding Boulevard is a continual learning that God is going to direct our steps. Like right now, we decided to get into the Word of God. We're in, mm. we're on the road of understanding, which is not a lot of people get understanding. They they get involved in other situations, repairing cars, fixing others, or we're in the right road because we cried out to the Lord this morning, asking Him, Lord. Be merciful to us. Show us the way to, that we should walk. Amen. Okay, we're going to move well, on. There's to just one more little point I want to bring here. Yes, um, madam? It, yes, sir. It's in, um, let's see. I think it's in 12. Well, it's over here where it says, Because Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger was turned away. Okay? And he did not destroy him completely. But it says here, there was, there were still some good things in the land of Judah. Amen. And okay. there was probably cattle and stuff. And so, you look at the United States of America. You know, even though, you know, there are. I'm going to just declare right now, there are some good things in America. There, are, there are some great things in America. Good things, and we, we got as a people of God have to come before Him and humble our, humble ourselves. And repent for this nation as if it happened to us, as it says in Second Chronicles 7:14. You know, if we, um, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and repent, I will heal, heal their land. And uh, there are some good things in the United States of America, even though we need to humble ourselves and pray. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Romans chapter 8, 26, 39. <clears throat> Beautiful chapter. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Again, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Amen. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. For God knows His people in advance, and He chose them to become like His Son, so that His Son will be the firstborn among many brethren and sisters. And having chosen them, He called them to come to Him. And having called them, He gave them right standing with Himself. And ha having given them right standing, He gave Him, He gave them His glory. Wow. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave up for us Him up for us all, 
Won't he also give us mm. everything else? Mm. Amen. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Then, who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised for life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor of God, at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us? If we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, as the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will, will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. You know, uh, what, did you, what did you receive? Not a lot. Whew. Well, I like it. It's just, just good all the way around. Um, I just like at the beginning when it talks about the Holy Spirit's knows the area of where we're weak and sometimes when you're and I've been in this situation before where you're just you don't know what to pray you know you're you're so discouraged that you don't know what to you, be, you can lie there and the Holy Spirit takes your your groaning and and prays for you this along with speaking in tongues but I mean when you just don't know a sigh or a groan you know is if you need to be lifted up he knows how to to give that to God and pray for us in our weaknesses. So I like that a lot. <clears throat> um, and it says, I like it, it says it pleads for us as believers. Pleads, you know. That's very, very strong that he really goes to bat for us. It says, in harmony with God's own will. Okay, what's his will? His will is for me to be healthy. His will is for me to be prospering. His will is for me to have peace in every situation. Um, and again, the famous verse here says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. And it says here, God knew us in advance, and he chose us to become just like Jesus. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. And it says here in 30, after And having chosen them, he called them to him, and having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. This is my righteousness that he's given me. I'm in right standing with God because he chose me in advance um, to become like Jesus. Okay? And, and here it's great. It says, and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Amen to that. That's a good one. Um, and then nothing can separate us. It doesn't matter what we come against or who comes against us or who, you know, what, where we trip and fall. You, nothing can separate us from, from the Lord because we have right standing with him. And no, it says here, who will then condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us 
and was raised to life for us, and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us, interceding for us, praying for us. And hallelujah, that's good right there. And um, it's, it says, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No enemy is powerful enough to let us be separated from the love of our Father. It says, no power in the sky above or in the earth below. Nothing above, nothing below can separate me from, from the Father. Amen. That's good. Woo. All right. My turn. Praise God. I got a lot out of it. You're right. Yeah. You know, it's a victory chant. You know, yes, it's yes. Like, it's just like what we just read in the last chapter that all the men, 400,000 of them, they cried out. When the priests blew the trumpets, they cried out to the Lord. And we say in that in that cry, God answered their prayer. So for us, we cry out to God because we don't know. You know, we can't see the uh, the demons that are trying to take our lunch. Mm -hmm. But when we speak in tongues, we're in essence crying out to the Lord. And in that sound, the Lord is 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 they're communicating. The Holy Spirit is mm -hmm. telling the Lord what we need. And the Lord is sending back the answer right back into the Holy Spirit at the same time. You know, it's it's that, and and we continue to to because we don't know. You know, the Lord may want us to to be receptive that He needs us uh, over here on this side of town to go minister to some. Mm -hmm. I believe we're not in our ultimate design. The ultimate design that God has called us, the children of God, is to transmit and receive transmissions from heaven. Hmm. And But they're so, the transmissions are coded. We don't even realize we're sending them out. We don't even realize what we're receiving. But that's why we have to be uh, understand that uh, that things are revealed through signs and wonders and, and, uh, and scriptures and phone calls. And the Lord moves in mysterious ways His will to perform in our lives. And it's a pleasurable that way because, you know, I don't want to know the end picture. I like, you know, moment by moment is the experience as we go through. So He moves us toward our ultimate calling. Instead of being in His mercy, we're, we're in His right will. And under power under love and under wisdom being guided by him i believe there's different levels of guidance you know the the, the, the persons that are lost or they're under his mercy waiting for him but we have to go from level to level from precept to precept to higher to higher this is an awesome reading of a university graduation for us mm -hmm. if we would read it if we would read it in another translation we will see more clearly that that's the yeah. theme that uh, Paul was talking about. Victory. Right. So this one, we read it in the message okay. or the easy to read? Mm -hmm. Message? Yeah. Let's see, we're still recording here. Yep, recording is still going on. Okay. Let me switch over to the message real quick, like. Oh, I don't think I have the message here. Because we're offline. You can go to the Bible Hub one. Romans 8. 
28, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, 18, what was it? 26. We know that everything God made has been waiting until now in pain like a woman ready to give birth. We read this the other day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It started at 826. 826 is where it mm -hmm, started at? Mm -hmm. A big chapter. Also, the Spirit helps us. Mm -hmm. We are very weak, but the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We don't know how to pray. I've been there. Mm -hmm. I go to God and I, nothing comes out. I do not know how to pray as I should. I've been there so many times. Mm -hmm. That's why, he, you know, Paul went there. He knows there's a lot of needs, but I don't know how to pray. He says, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us. He begs God for us. He speaks to him with feelings too deep for words. God already knows our deepest thoughts and helps us to understand what the Spirit is saying. Because the Spirit speaks for his people in the way that agrees with what God wants. We know that in everything God works for the good of those who love him. These are the people God chose because that was his plan. God knew them before he made the world and he decided that they would be like his son. Then Jesus be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. God planned for them to be like his son. He chose them and made them right with him. And after he made them right, he gave them his glory. So he called us, right here, salvation message. He called us, he chose us, and then through Jesus Christ and our choosing, he, I, I remember when he made me right. I remember he had called me and he, he was working on me, and I, I was praying for the, for the kids and the district attorney and so forth. Uh -huh. And God told me, well, you need to accept my son in Jesus Christ before I, we go any further. And that was in 1981. Mm -hmm. And I said yes to Jesus. I firmly uh, chose Jesus. And I was made in right standing with him, and then I continued in my journey. And he gave me his glory. So God is for us. No one can stand against Amen. us. Amen. Now, oh, I do have the message, by the way. Okay, 26. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how to or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our worldless sighs or our aching groans. He makes prayer out of our worldless sighs, uh, our aching groans. He knows us far better. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. Knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be sure that every detail in our lives of love. For God is worked into something good. And sometimes prayers are formulated in a form. Even though you do say something, you'll say something. Oh, Lord God, I wish that I would go through every city in a Jeep and have adventure for your glory. And if you say that for, your, for all your heart, God will grant that to you. He'll give an opportunity for you. I've seen it. He'll to run in that adventure. Because you prayed with all your heart and you let out a stream of love and sincerity. And he hears, he hears that kind of heart. Um, the sun stands first in the line of humanity. 
he restored. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives therein in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself, and then after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, glorious, completing what he had began. So, what do you think? With God on our side like this, who can we, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his son, his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to a point of finger, the one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us? Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way, no trouble, no hard times, no hatred, no hunger, homelessness, bullying, threats, no backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're, sticking, we're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of these faces us because Jesus loves us. I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our Master, has embraced us. Amen. Amen. <coughs> All right, we're just about done here. Let me read uh, Psalms. you have anything more? That's good. Good. Mm -hmm. Psalms 18, 37 to 50. Keep your focus center on God because He is the source of all your strength in every victory. Amen. Psalms 18, 37, 15. I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks. I have destroyed all who hate me. They have called for help, but no one came to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but He refused to answer. I ground them as fine as dust in the wind. I swept them in the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You appointed my rulers over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. As soon as they heard of me, they submit. Foreign nations cringe before me. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives, praise to my rock. The Lord lives, praise to my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He subdues the nations under me and rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victory to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointing, to David and all his descendants forever. Amen. 
Proverbs 19, 27-29 says, If you stop listening to instructions, my children, you will turn your back on knowledge. Hmm. If you stop listening to instructions, my child, you will turn back your knowledge. That's my favorite scripture, 1927. A corrupt witness makes mockery of justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Punishment is made for mockers, and the back of fools are made to be beaten. Amen. That's yeah. a tough one, huh? Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Our, the prayers of Fernando and Anna have been ended. Amen. Amen.